podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I mean, he's going to tough crowd when the manager's getting booed. He was the only guy out there. Jonathan Steele. Exclamation point right there for Cartier Yada. The Redfield. Steele. Wow, that's an awesome play. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Before we dive into the show, let's talk about the sponsors, my bookie and tick splits. Scott, tell us about my bookie. My bookie, they've been with us, you know, longer than any other sponsor. It's our preferred online sports book. They have the best customer service. Literally, I DM'd them on Twitter and they got back to me within like two minutes. It's insane how quick they get back to you. They're still giving out money. They're still giving out free play. Football's over, but there's still so much to gamble on. Build up your bankroll before March Madness. Uh, you know, you got NBA, All-Star Game coming up, all sorts of fun stuff. It's the place to be. They're still rocking with us, only because the boneheads keep going back. So if you're not with them, why the hell not get on right now? Use promo code BOYS25 for 50% deposit uh, bonus. Use that money. Keep betting on the cats. And then uh, you can take your winnings and spend them with our second sponsor. Yes, Um the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network, Network. it's TickSplits, T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. They're unlike any other ticketing providers. They don't sneak in the extra fees and unexplained service charges. Um, you know, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees should not prevent you from going to games and concerts and whatever event that you want to go to. Hamilton's so. coming to Kansas City. You can buy Hamilton tickets on TickSplits. Ooh, get in there. Get in there. Go to TickSplits.com. Enter the promo code capital armchair at checkout, and you'll receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. And... Promo code armchair. Tick splits. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. Get no, it and then come to Bramlage for the Iowa State game. I just bought two tickets for that today. So Hell yeah. Let's talk about one of the most Whew. fun games. Maybe, gosh, I don't know. It's It I, it rivals the 07-08 game, but that was a special, special game last night. I had a great time. Yeah, I... Uh I don't know where it ranks, and you know I, that's like the sports talk radio hot take thing to do. I think it definitely is up there with a lot of the great games in Bramlage Coliseum I've been to. Um, electric atmosphere, of course. We're talking about your first place, undisputed top of the twelve, having a laugh. K State varsity Wildcat fighting basketball team, seventy four, uh, KU sixty seven. Um, crazy game. We're gonna dive into it, but before we do, let's just talk about the pregame buildup. Just the entire day uh, just surrounds it, which uh, you know that's that's a fun thing about sports. You know, especially college sports, the buildup to everything. You know, you wake up in the morning, you see a cat's train going on Twitter. Um, you see that Vegas had us favored. It started at one point five. It moved all the way up to three. This is the first time since 1999 we've been favored versus KU. Of course, that kind of points out some of the relative utility during that time frame for us <laughs> and the dominant run KU's been going on. Um, 
But how crazy is that to just sit back and think, wow, it's been 20 years since we've been favored against a team. It's crazy, but, you know, KU's obviously probably a top three program in the country, and they've been super consistent under, you know, obviously Roy Williams, Bill Self. And, yeah, you mentioned that we were pretty rubbish for about two decades there. So that, you know, we gave them a head start, if you ask me. But, <clears throat> I, I mean, being favored made me kind of nervous, honestly, and the line kept getting bigger and bigger throughout the day. Not that not that big minus two yeah, is but, not crazy. But when, but it's, when it's a half point at a time, you know, you see it go from one. Some folks, you know, I, I saw, I mean, Twitter's Twitter. I only look at my bookie. I only checked it twice. I saw it when it opened. I think they had it at one and a half, and then I saw it at two and a half. I don't know if it ever got up to three on my bookie, but you saw tweets where it opened up at one and a half, and other people said, oh, it quickly went down to one, and then it went up at half point increments. So getting up to three, you know, over the course of a day, I mean, seeing the movement i mean that is quite a bit for a college basketball game yeah it was a lot and it it, it scared me and you know i know you you gave me a lot of shit for this for flipping back and forth because i mean it's so hard not to when you're when you have such a big game and you're going into ku and you have the narrative of the history being extremely stacked against us and i mean i i mean i felt confident like in our team and our ability to win that's why i picked us to win but those doubts did creep in, and I started to just think about, you know, KU's backs are against the wall. Bill Self is just so good at winning in Manhattan. I know he's been feeding feeding it into their heads that, you know, we uh, – I, I guarantee they were playing that Patriots underdog card, and, and they should have because it, it, I think it kind of worked a little bit for them. But, I mean, it was fun. I loved all the – the Twitter buzz was great. Um, yeah, going into the game was amazing because KU fans – you had, you had them doing their typical thing, you know, half of them like, oh, we're not your rival. I don't care about this. And what's funny is I called them out because um, there's a pretty, you know, funny video put out. Uh, Ain't No Seats podcast. It's a KU podcast. We know one of the guys. It's actually a relatively, you know, fun podcast. But I, I quoted it because it was this video about how KU has this mental advantage and all this stuff. I was like, man, is there a bigger lie in America than KU fans acting like they don't care about this game? And some people tried to push back. Anyone who says they don't care is lying. We care about every game. But it's all over Twitter, KU fans saying, oh, we, it's not a rivalry. We don't hate them, blah, 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 blah. So that's half of KU fans. And then the other half are doing the same recycled <laughs> ag sheep jokes that have been around since like the 50s. Like, get some new material. So it's like there's two complete different sets of KU fans. And then, of course, you have, you know, K-State fans. I, I think K-State fans are very clever with their trolling. But then you have some of them that are doing the cheap FBI stuff and cheaters and all this stuff. But, I mean, it was it was just your typical buildup. The bases played to what they knew. Yeah. I mean, I don't – the FBI stuff is, at at best, it's – just corny i don't it doesn't bother me too much no no and none none of that stuff bothers me i mean the the old classics are classics for reasons and uh you know i and i have my own formula when it comes to twitter trolling it's not uh it's not a i'm not some comedic genius you know when it's not when we're not playing ku i do the ad astra amigos and act like we're all best friends and then inside the game i just try to turn everything around to ku fans hating on kids having fun so i i have a formula i stick to it so 
I mean, yeah. none of it bothers me. It's Twitter. Atmosphere pregame was great. Um, you know, it was a typical KU game in Bramlage. It didn't feel particularly different to me, you know, in the beginning. I actually um, thought before the game, so before the ball went up in the air, I actually thought it was a little more subdued than usual. I actually was like, uh, it doesn't feel as loud as it typically does. Um, and that could be wrong. That could be right. I don't know. I don't have any way to judge it. But, you know, that was just, you know, my thought. And, I mean, that might just go with my, you know, kind of pessimistic view of things, you know, going into this game. I was just like, uh, I don't know if the students are really bringing it. But, I mean, they they sure. I kind of felt it like around. it was just on par with the KU game. And I thought Bramlage was pretty much boiling. But, you know, hey. Any doubt of that was erased in the first like couple minutes of the game. We come out hot. K-State comes out absolutely stroking. Cam starts the first five points, and then the students are just absolutely erupted. Oh, yeah. It's, they're going nuts. Like I said, once the ball went up, there was no uh, doubt in my mind that it was going to be the elite atmosphere, you know, one of the best atmospheres in North American sports. Um just going crazy um and, and we're, we dominate early you know it gets out to 14 to 6 bill self calls his first time out and then they play some techno song and of course in, you know i i actually got there pretty early i didn't see hear a single you know the chant the fuck ku chant um i didn't hear a single instance of that breaking out until that time out and uh, Gene Taylor is like one like one section over in my row, but like four seats away. Right when it happened, I looked at him. He pulled out his phone. He was sending a text message. I have it on pretty good authority. He was sending a text message saying, Sandstorm's off. There was no way that was going to get played. But um, the I chant think that's happened. Funny. I mean, it is what it is. It's probably, I mean, it's fine. That's Gene's decision. And it's, it, it is, it's whatever. Like, I get it. But it's like... There were probably five fuck KU chants throughout the game to like any rhythm that they possibly could say it to. So I feel like just play it, just play Sandstorm and let this let them go crazy. They're gonna do it anyways, any opportunity that they can. Yeah, but I think that them doing it three and a half minutes in showed that hey, <laughs> if they played Sand, it was gonna be loud. Because yes, they chanted a couple times, but it was never loud. Like. To the point of what a sandstorm one would have been. That would have just been just far too egregious by students. But let's take this moment to talk about, like, you know, the song choice in there because in, sandstorm is always going to be the song. But I really need to give props to uh, the fan services team and everyone who puts together all these songs that they play because. Almost every single one was a good one. They played Jump Around. They played Mo Bamba. They played a bunch of EDM remixes. They played Every Time We Touch. I feel like every time KU called a timeout, they were able to keep the energy up because the my complaint always used to be, even when they played Sandstorm, yes, you have Sandstorm, but the other eight timeouts, it would just be some crap or it would be the band and the energy would go down. I think they managed it perfectly. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, they did cut the every time we touch up a little bit, which I thought actually was fine. I think you feel the opposite, but um, it didn't have like that beginning buildup that yeah. probably might weird people out a little bit, which is silly. But um, they cut it perfectly to where like the bass like breaks down. And so it gave the students an opportunity to basically just feed right into it. And Mo Bamba was a good one. Um, it kind of dies out a little bit cause it's kind of a weird, unique song, but it was pretty cool. Like the entire student section was singing like the first couple of verses, which was fun. But, 
Um, yeah, it was great. I, I thought that, you know, the music department did a great job, and I, the atmosphere was good. I liked it. This that was the first time that I got to see the Flashpoint app, so that was fun. Oh yeah, um, the, yeah. The, the Flashpoint app during intros uh, was cool. There wasn't a. I don't think participation was that great. I think they probably had it like thirty percent participation. But that is something that stadiums are starting to do. They did it for the Sporting KC Western Conference Final second leg. And they got probably like 80% participation in Sporting Park. And it looked great. I think that's something that, you know, you can do for big games moving forward. You can do some cool stuff with that. But uh, the atmosphere is great. Everything the fan services and the staff did to keep the atmosphere, the extra stuff was great. The videos were great. It was all great. Um, Speaking of, you know, (laughs) just great, you know, K-State, throughout the first half, continues to keep it on them. So, you know, after we last broke from game action, you know, it's 14-6. to They stretch it out to 26-8. So you're up eight points. Xavier Sneed had just gotten a dunk. It was a missed three. It was like a tipped three. Sneed sneaks in, gets the rebound, dunks the ball, places going nuts. KU comes down. Lawson has a fourth shot. It was a bad shot. Cardi has the ball. He's going – He's going to the rim. Everyone in the gym knows what he's about to do. He lays it in. Place is going nuts. But doot, doot, whistle, charge foul. Um, and the place just, just that the venom just came. At that point, I I don't know. Did I put a time marker on here? Um, I'm not know. sure what the time marker is. I uh, 10 minutes. So roughly 10 minutes. I don't remember if it went straight to an under 12 timeout after that or not. But uh, KU comes back. And they, they go on a little run there. We'll, we'll talk about that run here in a second. So um, you had a tweet calling that one of the worst charge fouls. I want to know, if have you seen the video since? No, that's what I was about to say. So, I need to watch it again. Um, from where I was, it seemed like an egregiously bad call because it looked to me like the defender was literally just running with Cardi um, and – halfway turned around but i'm not sure if cardi like kind of got his forearm into him and pushed off a little bit so i haven't gotten to see it it again um but you know i was from the angle of behind cardi so i wasn't really able to see where the defender was it seemed like a bad call but i'm willing to watch it again and maybe pivot a little bit but yeah i was i was right there he extended the arm um so i i actually think it's the correct call so that's a layup that would have put us up by 10. One of many odd charge calls, but yeah. if it was, then it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was. But So that layup would have put us up by 10. And then, then we begin <laughs> the drought. And it got things got a little tense. So obviously yeah. Bill throws the zone at us. And honestly, we attacked the zone okay at first. We got early shots for Dean. A couple of them were off balance, but... I mean, he's 6'10", and it, they were still 10-footers. It's not like he had a hand in his face. Those are shots I expected the preseason player of the year to make, and he missed them. And I was, and you could see instantly we started to get tight because then we started to hug the perimeter and start swinging around. Dean stopped flashing to the middle, and the whole the entire arena started to just kind of hold their breath a little bit. And that started, what, a 15-6 run for yeah, KU a, to end the half, yeah. which – Made me really nervous, but also was a little bit comforting because going to half only down three and not scoring for nearly 10 minutes. I want to say we ended the half on a one, one for 14. It was one for 14 at one point. I'm not sure. Maybe two for 14 when when um, no, Mike hit that three, yeah, which so was Mike, huge. Mike hit the three to bring it within three 
under a minute left. So was that one for 14? Yeah, the only other points scored was a Cam Stokes free throw. Yes, that's right. So, so God, because we were on 26 points for what seemed like an eternity. I mean, finally, it, was, it was like nine <laughs> minutes of game action. Finally, we get to the line. We hit one of two, and uh, I was definitely nervous. I wasn't feeling great at halftime, but I did feel absolutely fortunate um, to only be down three because, I mean, shoot, you, <laughs> you have a near 10-minute scoring drought, and you're down three at half to your arch rival at home. You should feel okay about it. Um, and then Bruce did it. Incredible job adjusting at half. Yeah, I I think he did an amazing job at half, um, which is props to him because the entire arena just, when they went in at half, you could just feel the anxious energy. It almost feels like they put like a weighted like vest on every single person because the entire arena just felt just deflated. They There was... Just not a lot of emotion when the teams run out under the uh, under the tunnel. Uh, but then, you know, and may- maybe I'm trying to make something out of this where there isn't anything. I don't know. But, you know, Coach Kleiman and the entire football staff gets announced. And they come out and they have a ton of energy at halftime. What are you looking like that for? Nothing. We're good. Okay. I was just like, what is what is going My on? computer is just being weird. I did not like that look. Um, but no, so they, they <laughs> come out, uh, they, they're introduced, Coach Kleiman screaming into the mic, which he needs a little bit of mic etiquette. He did but, blow uh, my eardrums <laughs> out in the first like couple of words. But, but. he but, but it kind of brought a little bit of, uh, you know, some, some emotion back into the arena where everyone's like, all right, you know, it's okay to get excited again. They come out, and it's exactly what you said. I'm not sure what Bruce said. I'm not sure what the game plan was coming out of it, but Dean Wade and Barry Brown combined for nine pretty quick points. KU hits, I think, 1-3 uh, during that stretch, and then all of a sudden we're up 39-38. Um, we know now it's not a lead that we're going to get back, but what were your emotions? What were your thoughts? Take me what was going through your beautiful head when – we came out and took that lead back. Well, I felt a lot better, and I started to notice that Dean, we, well, Bill Self was throwing different looks at us. I mean, every other possession, he would we would see a man look, and then back to the zone. So that was interesting. But once we got into the zone, or once KU got back into that zone, and I was kind of wondering myself, oh God, all right, here we go. How are we going to adjust? I noticed Dean was starting to set some high ball screens and then flash into the middle, which gave. Gave him the opportunity to create some space in the middle, and we started going to him again. And then he hit he hit a couple of early shots that was like, all right. And you could tell Dean was starting to get pissed off because he was getting mugged a bit down low and not getting any calls. So he started hitting a couple shots and looking at the ref, raising his hands like, I mean, what what do I need to do to get get to the line? But that early that early make for Dean that he kind of rattled in, I thought it was going to go out. I think did everything for his confidence, and you know you could tell that. Whatever Bruce said at halftime, the energy was still there. The players came out absolutely on fire, and it was great. I mean, I, f- I felt immediately okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and so we, we go on that run, and then throughout the majority of that second half, we get to a point where we have it at two possessions. You know, it's back and forth between four points, six points, seven, eight, uh, back down to four, then eight. To, you know, so it's always in that two uh, possession 
you know, arm's length thing. You know, it's like you're putting the head on the little kid. They're swinging, they're swinging. They get close, but they can't quite make contact. Um, where I think the nervous energy starts to come back, and I it hit me like a ton of bricks. KU goes on this small run, and I, I think the 445 mark is what I have in my notes. They hit a shot to get within two. It was uh, – I remember this perfectly. Also, because I watched the game again, like – Maybe more than once, <laughs> but um, it was they they cut it to two fifty six fifty four, and it was like kind of a little gaff that we made. Um, we played great defense, and then Mike, uh, Mike and Mac went up for a rebound and oh, hit, yep, ran into yep. each other, and it fell right to Lawson, and he laid it in, and that cut it to two. And the energy in the place like oh, felt completely deflated. Everyone it, was like, "Oh my god!" It, it wasn't even like you know when. <laughs> when you pop a balloon, there's like a loud little pop and then it's all gone. It wasn't even like that. It was like, like you just let it out. There was no, there was no even reverb. It, there was just like a, Oh no, like it's happening. It's if I could compare it to anything, it was like Kansas city chiefs, Twitter, when the Colts got that blocked punt, they're like, Oh no, we've seen this happen before. We know what's about to happen. Um, it, it, it just, you know, it's just nervous. But to, to the cre- player's credit, and this is something that John Kurtz talked about, it's something you and I touched on. It's what the Kansas City Sports Talk guys talked about, how, you know, K-State fans put so much emphasis on the, these games when something like that happens, the energy just goes away. You can hear a pen drop, the, you know, anxious energies there, and then it kills the players. To their credit, they got it, I think, up to like an eight-point lead again before KU then went on another run. They hit a three, and then right after that hit a layup. And now at this point, it's 64-61. I think 142 is what I have in my notes. Um, again, so now it's even later in the game. It's two – you're only up to a minute 42. And I, I actually – you're, you're giving me a look. I looked back at the play-by-play. The, the timing on this is correct. I'm trying to think of something else. Um, okay, sorry. You, you always do these very distinctive I'm facial I'm trying to expressions. think of what – because we got a kind of a bad break. Um, it was a, a bad call on um, – I can't remember, but then Vic goes down and he hits a three. He hits, yep. And it was like def- super deflating, but we came back. And I want to say that that's when it was 64-61, but I could be wrong. Well, I, I'll pull it up right here. And then, you know, talking about Vic – I was only a few rows behind the infamous Lala Vic. Uh, she was like, so she was, she had the court seats right behind KU's bench. She legitimately got out of her seat and she was trying to go after Bill Self when he benched LeGerald during the first half. There was a security person who had to put her back in her seat. Like, I thought she so was. So you're saying her Twitter, her, her Twitter, Twitter persona, persona is accurate. Yes, yes, that is not a shtick. That is 100% real. So this is what happened to get it to 61-64. So uh, let's see. So Dean Wade hit a free throw, uh, 56-64. There's some missed shots back and forth, back and forth. Gerald Vick comes down, hits a three-pointer. K-State calls a timeout. And then Dean Wade missed a three-pointer. Uh, Dotson just brought it up and then hit a layup. So That's it was right. the three, then the layup. So we, you know, Dean, oh, well, no, yeah, Dean Wade missed a bad jump shot. It was just a bad shot coming down. They hit that three, bring it within four, then or within five, then a just uncontested layup. Um, and then after that, and this is, this is the turning key. I am convinced that if this shot doesn't go down, 
we lose. This is the biggest we, shot of the game. Well, because yeah, so Xavier Steen comes down, hits a three, and it wasn't. And I'll be honest, um, it was not a pretty offensive set. It was nothing is going on. It it took us down to the wire of the shot clock and it was just kind of passing around, passing around, passing around. It goes to Xavier Steen down the corner, and I just remember the ball going up. I verbalized. I said, "Just please go in." And sure <laughs> enough, it does go in, and that kicks off what I think is about to be the loudest like stretch in Bramlage Coliseum history. So he hits that three. We go up six. KU comes down. Cardi is playing insane defense on his man, and then he gets a steal, and then he throws down. Truly, I. I'd have to think – I don't think there's a more electrifying dunk ever. He just throws it down. Place is going crazy. KU comes down, and then Dean Wade steals the ball, and then Dotson fouls out. That minute of game stretch from Xavier's three to the crescendo of Cardi's dunk and then even the reverb of Dean Wade's steal and then foul – like folks are getting lightheaded. I you can your ears are ringing. It was insane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I legitimately don't think there was a louder moment in Bramlage. There Coliseum wasn't, history. and I'm not sure there ever will be. Um, there was a minute left in the game, basically when this happened. Um, basically, because after X hit that shot, it kind of felt like, I mean, that was the dagger. That was it. Um, there was Ku came down with the ball after X hit the shot, and there was roughly. A minute 20 to go so we're playing d and uh you know cardi gets that steal no the the yeah you're right you're right he hit the shot and after the dunk um dotson basically was dribbling up and it was under a minute to go yeah, 48 so seconds roughly around at that time so i i mean we talk about this all the time or we've mentioned it many times um this is this in, this memory is burned into my into my brain. The block punt, two thousand Oklahoma. It's something I'll never forget. My ears, it was like blinding noise, and my ears were ringing. I was like delirious, and that was that forty seconds. That forty second stretch was akin to that. I mean, it was easily the Bramlage moment for me, and that's saying something because I sat through the two thousand eight first win ever. And there were some moments in that game. But that, I'll never, ever forget this Cardi moment. I mean, I've watched it maybe 50 times, like, on the ESPN app. And when they, when they like, pan down and show the student section, there's not a single student that isn't just losing their mind. I mean, some people said that one of their benches broke. Like, they were jumping up and down. Every single student, se- student in, the se- in the student section, all the olds around me were losing their minds. It was unbelievable. It was Literally 10 seconds of just, like, pure chaos. I couldn't – I mean, I was speechless. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I can't help but smile just thinking back to that. I wish we could get a decibel level of that moment because it oh, was absurd. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was. And talking about, like, kind of the sound being blinding, I do just remember almost feeling like – It was like weird. There, I, like, almost thought, like, did a flashbang go off behind <laughs> me? Like, because I really did feel this sensation of, like, brightness – that obviously that didn't happen. It was just, just no. It was, was it was a very weird feeling of just like, just like delirious noise. Like seeing the student section going that insane was very special. I will never ever forget that moment. And for me, that is like that's the Bramlage moment of my lifetime because 
I mean, and and just the highlight itself, Cardi, Cardi's dunk. You knew he was gonna do something. I knew he was gonna do something wild. And here's the thing: if he missed, Barry was there. There was no one. It was Barry. He could have followed it up. So yeah, yeah, I was it, pumped. I was well, like, it, we're I'm, about to <laughs> deliver the dagger of daggers, and the place just erupted. And it was a full, like, legitimately forty-five seconds because when Dotson was bringing the court up, everyone was just like, everyone was screaming well, as loud as they could. And, and then I actually so. Not, not to put a too much of a wet blanket because I pulled up the play-by-play, and I, I now remember this. We actually fouled twice in between the three-point shot and getting the steal. So that's right because we had two fouls yeah, to give. Well, so. no, no, we had even more. We only had three fouls. That's right. So we had four fouls again, and I actually remember us fouling and saying, "This is a good foul. This is a good yeah, foul." Yeah. So they pass the ball in, and the place is still nuts. So you had—I mean, the energy doesn't go down. And then you—you you could tell. I, I think it was Charlie Moore for KU who w- was having issues with Cardi, and he was the one who turned it over, and he was just slipping. He was just falling. The guy looked like he was playing on ice skates, and that's when Cardi stole the ball from him. It was and Dotson, I think. Was it Dotson? Yeah, it was Dotson. And for the record. Uh, yeah, he's he stole it, her, or Cardi got in the. Uh, I'm positive. Okay, the ESPN play-by-play app is wrong. At least I think so. I it thought, doesn't matter. Who cares? It's some you, KU. I'm talking about the dunk, the steal, like where he got yeah. in the passing lane. Okay, well it doesn't it it doesn't matter. It 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 really doesn't matter. I, just the noise and emotions around. It, it's just crazy, and I think that there's a legitimate chance that that Cardi dunk is going to be featured in every single pregame video from now until oh, the yeah. I mean <laughs> I, I I just don't think that there is a more iconic dunk for every everything that's going on. I mean hell they still show the Rodney Magruder uh you know toss back dunk from his freshman year when we beat number like 3 Texas. Yeah. Uh so they still show that in most pregame hype videos. They're going to be showing this one until the end of time. Like, K-State, the university, will cease to exist before that video is – or that highlight is not featured in the pregame hype video. Oh, I'm, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be there well, the, in the I next mean, game. Yeah, I cannot I mean, wait. The, the, you have – everyone has to get out to the Iowa State game because that will be the first time that that dunk is featured in I, – I don't know if they'll – do you think they'll put that in the tip video or – do you put that in the starting lineup video? I don't know. Maybe the starting lineup video because it's bigger and that kind of is like the hype. Like, let's go, let's get people fired up. But, um, God, and I've just put them in both. I've seen, I've watched that play so many times, and I have seen so many people saying that that was a foul. It absolutely wasn't. He got into the passing lane. There was, got in the passing lane. He tipped it. And that at that point, there's no possession. They both have their feet tie up. He swims around him. It was a good steal. I mean, it wasn't a foul. That's Anyone sure. saying it was a foul is just a right, filibuster for a second. I'm gonna watch him to see if it stops. That's fine. So I, another thing about that play which I just love, and I know it's shown up on ESPN and all the videos. The reaction of Sean Neal Williams on the bench. He's just an adorable yes, I love cat him. having fun on the bench, and and you know what? Shout out to Cardi. That ended up being the number two Sports Center play last night. So. I think that we had like a, or we were just thinking differently. He stole it from Dotson, but the person that passed it okay. was yes, yeah, so, yeah. So so that's okay. why it's the turnovers credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. They're all just stupid hawks, anyways. Um, 
Charlie so, Moore, is that his name? He yeah, looked like just he looks a, like a twelve year old twelve year old little sour patch kid. I'd never seen him I was like, who in the hell is and this guy? He's not good enough, so he's gonna be around forever. So I'm I'm afraid that, you know, three years from now we're we're gonna be like, damn. Damn he's that, good. Remember Bosco's boys? I <laughs> oh, wish yeah. we wouldn't have gotten taken off air. But hey, remember when we used to talk about Charlie Moore and how he looked like a twelve year old? Oh man. Now he's good. Yeah. But you know what? That's going to be four years down the line. I'm not going to worry about it till then. So that happens, and then this isn't in the uh, recap. Well, so all right, so that dunk happens. Uh, Dean Wade gets fouled, hits two free throws. The game is basically over. We hit some free throws. KU hit some threes to end up making it only a seven-point game. Honestly, it points that look like it could have been 12, whatever. So before we get into all the extracurricular stuff, I do want to touch on this because it kind of almost happened during the game. Barry Brown then throws down a dunk right after the buzzer. And that's uh, – I wanted that to be regulation so bad. Um, then he says post-game shout-out to Brandon Green. Um, first off, you know, I didn't get triggered when it happened four years ago. Um, I'm a big believer, you know, if you don't want someone to dunk on you, play defense until the buzzer. Um, I, I don't know if Bruce – Bruce didn't really come down too hard on him post-game. Um but some people were really triggered by that. Um, what are your thoughts? I don't care. <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, anything that adds to the rivalry and, and the fire. Just the pageantry of college sports. Like, that's what's fun about sports is the just the emotion, the I extra mean, stuff that goes into it. It would be so boring. <sighs> Life would just be so boring if all you ever did was do layups. I mean, Barry's lost to them eight times. This is his last chance to win at home. Why not add an exclamation yeah. point to it? Who cares? They're our rival. Well, who cares? Let us hate each other. I w- I'm pumped. Like that was great. I'm mad that it didn't count. Like it was. It was hilarious. I thought. I thought Bruce might chew him out a little bit, but he what, might have behind what closed doors. It, it, he didn't seem to say anything post game, um, at least not to the media. So, you know, that's the final score: 67-74. The good guys come out on top. Um, let's just walk through. The box score for K State, real quick. Um, you know, no use in going through KU's box score. We, I mean, we played amazing defense. We just, you know, great as usual, just massive team defense. Um, I'm just looking at on the ESPN app. We're going to start at the bottom, move to the top. I don't know what it looks like on your computer, but the first name on my screen is McCall Mayween. Oh, big time, big Mac. time struggle for um, Mac. Only ended up playing nine minutes, only shot the ball once, only got two rebounds. Um, we, we all know the story. He got two fouls like in two minutes, and then got his third one super early on. And then I don't know. I mean, that was he my might have came in like in in like after he got the third. But I mean, I mean, I don't really remember seeing him. I in the I don't know. I think he did because I know he had three fouls where um, when he like had what's his name Diedrich Lawson on him. And he kind of shook past him and went in for layup, but he missed. Oh, and I was yeah. like, "All right, let's go." That's that was a great move, but but after that, I don't, I genuinely don't remember seeing him. But if that was my biggest fear going into this game, if Mac got early foul trouble, if I would have, if you would have told me that Mac would have had two fouls in the first two minutes of the game and would have sat out for an extended period of time, I would have been very scared going into this game. I wouldn't think we would have won, but and, yeah, and and here here's the uh, you know even over the top optimism. You beat KU, and let's not mix words. We were the better team, undisputed, start to finish for that game. Yes, 
we went on a very cold streak shooting. Um, but we still, there's no doubt, no one could go and come away from that game and say K State had to have a miracle night to win. So you had McCall Mayween, some guy that was supposed to be the difference maker in this game, hardly play. Well, all of a sudden, you're looking at that game where you're going to Allen Fieldhouse in a couple weeks and you're saying to yourself, well, shit, if Mac can play well in that game, there is room for K-State to improve. This wasn't even K-State's A-plus game. Exactly. I've been seeing people on Twitter say, obviously they're KU fans, that you know, K-State had to play like a near-perfect game to, to win. And it's like, I mean, that first off, we didn't play a perfect game by any by any stretch. And this we've seen this type of performance from this team many times. This is who we are. We played a very complete game, and it's just, you know, with Max sitting out for such an extended period of time, it's just a testament to how good this team is, how much this team, like, works for each other. Every single player does not take a playoff, and they did not do that last night. And when they do that, I mean, this is the team that we get. We're top of the Big 12 for a reason. We won seven straight conference games. Top of the 12, having a laugh. And just just to point out how uh, much better K-State's the better team and how it wasn't a perfect game, KU actually shot better percentage from the field. They shot 46.2%. We shot 43%. And so KU had one of their better road shooting performances of the year, and they still lost. So I don't want to hear anything. And we left say, a lot of points on the line. Oh, oh yeah, we did. So um, next up, Dean Wade, 36 minutes. Um, you know, left a little bit to be desired, mainly stemming from that first half because I think he only had three points. I think he only had one three-pointer in that first half. So he went five for 15 from the field, one for two for three. So he only shot, you know, two threes. But the guy ended up almost with a double-double. He had nine rebounds. He had five extra assists to throw in with those 12 points, not almost all of them coming in the second half. Then he played great defense because he yes. spent a lot of time guarding uh, Lawson. And then Lightfoot came in. Lightfoot actually played really well, and that was when Xavier Sneed was guarding him. So yeah. Dean came in, started guarding Lightfoot, uh, you know, as well. And I, I'm, I'm starting to really think that you know Dean Wade he won't get on it because I think you could make an argument that K State could have you know three or four guys on the all defense team in the Big Twelve. Dean Wade needs to start getting a little bit more credit for a defender. Yeah, that was honestly what stuck out to me last night about Dean was his defense. Um, he did a great job helping out with Lawson. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So Dean, yeah, he also, he passed up. His shooting night was was decent. Obviously, it was he was a little cold. He came out obviously just stroked a three immediately, and I was like, oh, we're we are good. Dean, we got the wolf tonight, and then he. Doesn't make a basket for the rest of the rest of the half, and I was starting to get a little nervous. But came out aggressive in the second half, um, found those pockets in the zone. But his defense, honestly, was the story. He did a great job containing Lawson. He got his numbers, but you know he's we made him work for it. And you know, I agree. I think he his defense has improved exponentially. He looks a lot quicker. Um, I think he shaved his beard last night. Maybe that's why he looked a little. He looked a lot younger last night. But Dean played great. Um, helped out to have big dog Levi Stockard in there bullying uh, Diedrich Lawson for about 15 minutes. But yeah, I mean, let's just talk on uh, Levi. You, you threw it in there. Um, 15 minutes. He went. He hit both of his field goals. I think both were just kind of bunny putbacks when 
KU, they struggled early to rebound out of the zone. When it was all said and done, I do believe – I mean, KU even out-rebounded K-State. That was KU's best re- rebounding performance of the entire season. Uh, so, again, I the folks saying that we had to have a perfect game. I mean, there's a lot we can improve on. I don't know how much they can improve it. But back to Levi Soccer. So, he, you know, he gives you 14 minutes. He gives you four hard fouls. Um, but he gets the four points. He gets one rebound. But I think when he was out there, I, I think he did a better job guarding Lawson than Mac did during his time. Yeah, I mean, we got huge minutes from Levi, Levi Stalker last night. And people will shit on him because he's he's kind of a foul machine and sometimes he looks a little lost out there. I mean, but he's, he a was, po- he's a poor man's Luis Cologne. <laughs> he's a poor man. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Luis had a really fair. good senior year. That's uh, that's yeah. Luis Colon's senior year was actually really good. Oh, Shout out to Luis Colon oh, if you Luis. ever want to if you ever want to come on the pod. Luis Colon, let's up. get him on the pod. But I thought Levi did exactly what we needed him to do. He kept the pace down low, and he basically made Lawson think about every single basket that he had to get. And you know, just that's what you're gonna get. If the huge part was those four points, honestly, he was in position where he needed to be, and he he got those putbacks and. Get some boards, play some defense, and just don't hurt us on defense. And he didn't. He yep, played well. He didn't. Um, Xavier Sneed, um, so he went five five for 11 from the field, three of six from three-point, got seven rebounds, uh, ended up with 14 points. He played 35 minutes, so 35 big minutes from Xavier Sneed. He really showed some of his potential. He had, you know, that, you know, NCAA tournament Xavier Sneed game to him. Um, struggled – guarding Mitch Lightfoot, which I thought was a little weird. Um, you know, Lightfoot has that old man YMCA game. KU so, got huge minutes out yeah. of Lightfoot, and it was starting to freak me out a little bit because I was like, God, he's going to be the one that steps up and gives them an edge tonight. But, I mean, he just – I don't know. I think he was early on. He was a little bit – they were early minutes. Let's just say that because there was a stretch where he had six quick points, and it was like, fuck. Like we're not gonna we're gonna get beat by Mitch Lightfoot and it's gonna be it's gonna piss me off. But after that, he didn't really do much. Um, and those baskets, if I recall, were just kind of like two of them were kind of just well, they were like luck. I mean, yeah, yeah, they just came right to him, and he was I mean he was in the right position, and that's an aspect of the game that you have to be good at. But I don't know. Um, All I'm gonna say is if Xavier Seen's gonna shoot fifty percent from three and just under fifty percent from the field. We're a very, very, very tough team to guard. He hit massive, massive shots. And he, I mean, frankly, he probably hit the, the shot of the game. Well, I mean, every three that he hit, I feel like, was a massive one. And then he had that dunk, that alley-oop dunk, right when KU started going to his own. I think it was the last bucket we got before we went on that drought. He almost had a dunk. Oh my back God! On, on a, a on a free throw. How on earth did he do the that? The guy just explodes, and I oh man, I wanted to go nuts for that dunk. Um, didn't go in. Um, Xavier Sneed, he still has you know half of Big Twelve play this year and all of next year. I think he is now going to be hunting for his own lifelong highlight dunk. Um, I, again, everything surrounding Cardi's dunk, I don't think Xavier can get a bigger one than that, but he's going to be hunting for it. He wants to be on those lifelong highlight clips. Um, so next, Barry Brown. He played – you know what? Shout out to Barry. He he is the one who talks about 
legacy building. He's the one who's been most vocal about wanting to be remembered. He plays all 40 minutes in this game. He plays shut down, drag him down, prison ball defense. Just, you know, his defensive performance, I feel like he could guard anyone in the world. I feel like he could hold LeBron to 20 points. You know, I I think Barry Brown, he needs to be talked about as not just Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, but National Big or National Defensive Player of the Year. And if he keeps this going, I mean, you know, I spent an entire podcast talking about how he hasn't done enough to go in the rafters. But if he has games like this and if he can continue spurring them on, I mean, because he's 50% from the field, played all 40 minutes, got four rebounds, five assists, and 18 points. I mean, the guy's going to get All-American looks. He's going to get Big 12 Player of the Year looks. Uh if he can play like this for the next nine games, uh, just just an insane game from him. And he's had 30 point games. He's had better scoring games, but his complete perform. I mean, because he even led the team in assists, or at least he, he tied with Dean Wade with five assists. I mean, he, it was just a complete performance. The, the guys just, the guy just came to play. Here's the thing about Barry. And I know we talked about this before and you know there's these parameters to getting in the rafters and that's a whole nother conversation about Barry Brown but I totally understand why people want Barry in the rafters and why they would be offended about you being like no that's not Barry's yeah. not there yet yes yeah I, I, I agree with but what you said the Barry he has he has the moments and he has the will of the will of the wildcat the thing I love about Barry is he's just like he he's Ema to the core I love him so much, and he kind of put the team on his back last year when we needed him most and carried us kind of to that Elite Eight, and you know what? He pretty much sparked this 7-0 conference run. I get it. I mean, he's Barry's the man, and we'll, we'll see how he ends up at, at you know the end of the year statistics-wise, national honor-wise, but there is, I can't, there's no better defender that I've seen at K-State. He's just unbelievable, and he's an athlete, on another level, I love him. He can get I love the way he drives with the basketball. Like no one can stop him getting to the rim. And it's, he's just fearless. Yes, he's he's a fearless just dog. I love him. He's an absolute baller. Yeah, he 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 really is. He's, Anoth- he's uh, I wish I had a goat. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh and then rounding out the starters, Cam Stokes, 37 minutes. He had those five early points. Um didn't score much rest of the game. He ended up with nine. I really Really wanted him to get to double figures. Um, I was hoping he'd get fouled late so he could get there. Um, but Cam again, just another solid game. He has he Cam has three so rebounds, under, four assists. He again another guy. I don't think quite to Dean Wade's level because I think Dean Wade legitimately you could make an argument for him being an All Conference defender. But the narrative surrounding Cam was he wasn't a good defender. Like that's what all his detractors try to say. And again, I'm not saying he's elite, but I think he's you know either a neutral or a plus defender. Cam is far quicker than I thought he was. Oh yeah, and he has proved that I mean, this this year he has been unbelievable. His I mean, hand is getting into passing lanes. He's tipping balls. He's gunning for steals. I I I just. You know, Cam Stokes is going to be the guy that next year. Obviously, we all know why we're going to miss Barry Brown and Deed Wade next year, but it'll be there. There's going to be games next year where you're thinking to yourself, "Man, I really wish we had Cam Stokes right now." Cam hit some uh, big shot. I mean, Cam was great last night. Yeah, he no, was I, very solid. Very, very, uh, solid. very happy with Cam's game. Um, 
Already talked about Levi Stockard. Um, we'll save Cardi for last. Mike McGraw only got nine minutes, and again, I think that's because Cardi was feeling it. We we talked about it uh, during the last pregame pod um, about how it's tough for both of them to be getting minutes when Cam Stokes and Barry Brown and Xavier Sneer are all going to have 35-plus minutes. Uh, but he had nine minutes. He hit a massive three. Well, he hit two he, big, yes. big shots when – we had absolutely no momentum, yeah, and it kind of was a stopgap perfectly, at, yes. right at the perfect time. Yeah, he hit the three late in the first half, and then in the second half when KU was making one of the runs, he hit a layup on a drive where I honestly wish he wouldn't have shot it, but he gets it up on the rim and it falls through. It was the, an odd finish. Yeah, it was an odd finish, but the guy, the guy has shown the moxie. He's shown the swagger. He has shown why there was so much – surrounding his legend coming into this year. We have two more years of Mike McGurl after this year. I think he is going to build himself a nice little corner uh, in the history of K-State basketball. He reminds me a lot of Magruder, a lot. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> they just remind me of each other. The way he get when he drives, they finish similarly. But the thing about – the thing I love about Mike McGurl is, you know, typically it wasn't – this case, it wasn't the case in the beginning of this season, but he comes in and he will put in a shift for you. He's a very, very good defender. He works extremely hard, and he typically doesn't make very many mistakes. Like, he comes in and he just does his job. And if we can get him to, you know, find some pockets for him around the perimeter so he can get that quick jumper off, you know, if we can get some consistent – His trigger's quick. If we can get some consistent points out of, out of Mike in the next couple of years, he's going to be a very, very good player for us. Yep. Um, and then finally, we're going to end on Cardi. He, like I said, he has the highlight from this game. He hit that dunk is going to be remembered forever. Um, which I almost think that dunk is going to overshadow what he did because he played 20 minutes and he was playing a lot of them, you know, guarding up a position. He was playing the three. He was even, you know, playing some of the four for a couple minutes. Uh, he ended up going three for five from the field, so super efficient. He hit both threes that he took, got three assists, two rebounds. Um, and keep in mind, he barely got to play in the first half because of those two early charges. And, you know, props to him because you could tell how pissed off he was, and he just ran back to the bench yeah. before he melted down because yeah, yeah. he could have gotten a technical. Um, and I honestly, you know, I'm, I'm glad he didn't. He literally but, ran straight yeah. to the bench. <laughs> so he, he does almost all of that having only like five minutes in the first half. So he played almost the entire second half and just, just pivotal. I mean, he hit two. Th he's starting to get his three-point stroke back. And if he's going to do that, I mean – watch out i mean that is the cardi last night is what we all hoped we were going to see all year uh, and i i think i'm going to declare cartier jada back i just i love cardi everything about him i love he's the dreads, amazing the vertical jump i mean he's i love him he's i think he's my favorite player and then i mean there's there's all these other guys in the squad that i love so much barry brown obviously dean wade's elite but cardi's just the second he stepped on the court last year with those silly dreads He's just elite. I love him. Everything I, about him is elite. And, and again, I, I love Dean Wade, Cam Stokes, and Barry Brown. I'm De I'm Cam Stokes' biggest fan. I I back Dean Wade, and I'm Barry Brown's awesome. But the swagger yes. next year's team is going to have, like, Barry Brown, Cam Stokes, and Dean Wade, outside of Cam always having, like, the most fly shoes – not a ton of swagger, you know. They're like guys that you're, you know, you're gonna roll the ball out, you know, on a concrete, you know, 
basketball court and play pickup ball with. Those are the guys who are going to be out there, and they're going to be, you know, throwing hard fouls on the blacktop. But next year when you have Xavier Sneed, Cartier Jada, Mike McGurl, all three of those guys. Sean Neal Williams is going to be a swaggy yes, player. Sean Neal Williams see. needs to come into his own when it comes to swagger. I, you, you can tell he, he's kind of like a baby deer. Yeah, the, he's, like he's going to get there. He, he's going to go under Cartier Jada's wing, and the swagger will be hit there. But the amount of swagger that's going to come from this team next year is insane. Yeah, I can't wait to see Baby Sean um, kind of spread his wings next year. It's going to be great, but it's good stuff. I just I love Cardi. He's he's the man. He is the man. So let's get into everything that happened post game. So the court was rushed, um, and I I, I want to give a shout out because I don't know how many folks realized uh, what happened last night when it comes to how they managed the court storm and everything that went into that. But the security did what I think was the smartest thing. They set up a perimeter, uh, and they started setting this up before the under-four timeout that was basically going to make it. So KU and any K-State players or coaches that wanted to get off the court and not get into you know the madness with the students, there was a very clear, easy, and defined path for them to get into the tunnel. So that was the first thing. And the second thing is they didn't try to fight the students coming over. Instead, they created this barrier around the courtside seats, which you and I have rushed the court together in the past with those courtside seats. What happens is is you people just trample over yeah, these courtside yeah. seats, and folks get in a crush situation where you're climbing over basically like, you know, your fellow students and dead bodies to get onto the floor. And it looks so much cooler that way because you just have this mass of folks coming in. But instead, it was a much safer situation. Instead of trying to fight them, they were funneling them around those seats and then almost kind of not single file, but in a much more orderly manner, they were coming in on both sides in a very, uh, ooh, I oh, just man. got something in the mail. Yeah, Anyways. You, you guys will have to go to Twitter. Grant will tweet out his special package you got from eBay. and It's a, an amazing warm-up Big 8 K-State windbreaker jacket. I actually saw someone wearing that exact same thing at the game. So, <laughs> I don't know what this is made of, but it's like a tarp. Oh, my God. That it's an absolute turd, but it looks elite. Anyways, but yeah, so the, were you surprised the, when they stormed the court? I wasn't expecting him to. No, I, I wasn't surprised. And I looked away. Fans love storming the court. Is that a youth XL? <laughs> I think I can actually wear that. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, okay, well, we'll, we'll keep talking. Sorry, I, I wasn't. Sorry, guys. I wasn't surprised about it by any means. I, I, I was just honestly surprised they had that plan because. Um, I saw John Kurtz, he came in with uh, Seren Petro on 810 talking about how it wasn't this great court storming. But I think that is all because they funneled it all, and it was a much safer way to go about it. So, you know. Yeah, they did a great job. And, I mean, I literally was not expecting us to storm the court because it just didn't look like it. Usually students file down, and and then all of a sudden they're just on the court because I looked away and then – the middle section just broke through, and I was like, all right, we're storming the court. And I was yeah. excited because I knew the takes were coming. So, And, and they did a good job uh, keeping them out of the aisles as well. So um, that, that was the court storming. Uh, let's go to like the uh, single greatest 
like probably quote ever. And we, we talked about it like earlier, but someone asked a question to Cardi about his dunk. <laughs> and he said he was, he wanted to go in between his legs and then Bruce Weber rolled his eyes and goes, Oh my God. Oh God. And, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> like I, Oh man, that was an amazing little interaction between the two of them. Um, Bruce and, is like everyone's dad. Yeah, he, he really is. I mean, he's just like this kind of goofy father. you don't like father. Bruce at this point, it's just like, come on. You're just I mean, being he's a, just a goofball. Like, you're just being a bully. He's, he's a goofball, and it was just hilarious. Um, so I, I I don't think too much else really happened in any of the post-game press conferences worth talking, but uh, what I do want to talk about is uh, KU fan reaction on Twitter post-game. I mean, it, the, the takes from these guys – is just insane. They will throw every insult in the book and still call K-State fans classless for running on the court. They all hate court storming, which is just the most obscure thing ever. And in typical K-State fashion, the trolling went into, you know, the early hours of the morning, myself included. I was up to like 2.30 tweeting people. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, it, I mean it's, just, it's just like KU fans at this point have to know what's coming. Like – and I'll say this, when it comes to court storming, shaming, like folks who I, I love almost nothing more than shaming folks getting mad about court storming, I do it when it happens in the Big Ten. I, I, I do it when it happens in the SEC. I did it one time when someone rushed a court versus West Virginia, and I started trolling some dude who I guess played for West Virginia <laughs> back in the 70s, and they started talking about me on a West Virginia radio show. Um so I, I troll everyone when it comes to that type of stuff, so I don't really care. But it's just hilarious how triggered folks get when college kids are just having fun. It's very weird. I don't understand like calling people classless. It's like, what? That just has nothing to do with storming the court. And it's also, very like, bizarre. If you want to like get mad at them for the whole classless stuff, I mean, it's not like the K-State students didn't give you ammunition to have a little bit more credibility. They could, I mean... Right, wrong, or indifferent, I'll listen to a classless uh, argument from KU fans if you want to talk about the, the chant. chant. Um, and then you also have a history of calling out KU students for chanting vulga- vulga- vulgarity. Sorry. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll listen to those arguments a little bit more. But over just court storming, especially as well done as K-State did it, especially the security who – you know, just above and beyond Gene Taylor's leadership and or because he he left his seat and went down the floor and was helping direct everything. Gene Taylor's leadership when it comes to that type of stuff is next world. Uh, and Gene's I don't know if you saw awesome. this, but I love Gene. Um, like basically the entire team was pretty much off the court and in the locker room except Cardi. <laughs> he was down on the that. court in the corner just taking pictures with people. Like let's go. Oh, but the I whole team Cardi. was like gone. It was great. Oh, I I, I love Cardi so. Uh, just, you know, it's weird. Nothing makes me cringe more than like hashtag classy. Ugh, oh, God, yeah. it's it, just like, oh, it's shut just up, you nerd. Just You're just a nerd. It, well, and, and what's also great is, you know, the guy who's cussing out K-State players and Twitters and then his Twitter bio is pastor. 47, <laughs> pastor, father of four daughters. Dude, and that was he's great. like F-bombing players and students and getting mad about court storming. It's, it's insane. Um, Twitter is a hellscape. It's really all it is. Yeah, Twitter is a hellscape. Um, we're about to, before we move on. Is there anything else surrounding last night's game that you want to comment on before we move on? 
Not really. I just want to say I love Cardi and the squad. Yeah, the, the squad. Uh, if you were at that game, you saw the Octagon of Doom magic moment, I think. That was that minute was next-level noise. I'll never forget it. I'm probably going to watch it another probably 10 times today. It, it was awesome. Um, before we move on, again, shout-out to MyBookie and TickSplits. Use MyBookie, promo code BOYS25. Bet on K-State to win. Then take that money, go to TickSplits, promo code armchair, 5% off, and we'll see everyone in Bramlage for the Iowa State game a week from Saturday. So as we're taping this Wednesday night, massive game, uh, Texas versus Baylor, and then Saturday there is TCU at Iowa State, Tech at Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State at KU. None of these games really strike me as, you know, games that will go K-State's way. I mean – Chances are, if if I was a betting man at my bookie using promo code Boys Twenty Five, I think you could do a parlay and have pick Baylor to beat Texas, Iowa State to beat TCU, Texas Tech to beat Oklahoma, and KU to beat Oklahoma State. I think you might be cashing that parlay. But out of all those four games, I think I tonight's the biggest. I think tonight's the biggest, and I also think it's the most likely. To yeah, go our Texas way. is probably the best bet we have of beating ta- Baylor and. Uh, I think we should touch on what stupid people are saying on the boards. Yeah, so there are some people on KSA Online. There's a freaking idiot who said that he wanted Baylor to win tonight because it would put more games in between KU and the top of the Big 12. Despite ignoring the fact that if Baylor loses tonight, K-State will go into the weekend being the lone team at the top of the Big 12. Again, this is why KU fans have their ammunition or stupid quotes yeah, like I mean, that Jesus. that is the of old schools baylor like don't get me wrong again i know i i try to do the whole i don't care about ku and i i, I think on a k-state scale i think i don't compared to most fans but i don't want ku to win it but if there's one school besides ku who i don't want winning the big 12 <clears throat> And literally anything, it's Baylor. People are like, oh, Art Briles, that's football, blah, 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 blah. Do you guys not remember there's a player on the Baylor team <laughs> dealing drugs, killed his teammate, and the university tried to cover it up? Yeah, it's absurd. Baylor's like just systematically, systemically just awful. Disgusting. I would rather have KU win every Big 12 title from here until the sun blows us up than see Baylor win it. Oh, my God. God, I, and it's just like, and also, oh my God, it, 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 sort your self esteem out. Yeah, and it, it's one of these things where this one hundred percent goes back. Like it would help K State. It's not one of these things in a vacuum where you're saying, "Well, in a vacuum, I, I just want KU not to win the Big Twelve title." Okay, if that's your take, that's fine. But in this instance, it one hundred percent helps K State. Baylor loses. I mean, we are. It'll give us a chance to be lone, lone wolves up top. It gives us sole possession, and you're you're literally cheering for KU to lose over K State to win. It just doesn't make sense. No, nope, it's stupid. It's embarrassing. You should you should just go look in the mirror for a little bit. Call call a therapist up. Sort out your self esteem because it's shocking. I agree. Um, the other the other biggest one, and the other one that I. You know, I'm holding out hope. TCU going to Iowa State. Iowa State struggled on Big Monday. I thought it was Oklahoma, right? It was Oklahoma, Iowa State? Uh, yes. I thought Oklahoma was going to get them. Um, but Iowa State, everyone is trying to anoint them as the team. 
I don't. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, man. I I think uh, this is. I love that jacket. This is the weirdest thing I've that, ever bought. That's am- well, amazing. it's an incredible look, but it's like a tarp. It's tarp. Yeah, this is a tarp. You're gonna have to take a picture and tweet it from the Bosco's Boys account. Uh, that logo actually, we might need to I'm get send this somewhere. Yeah, we're gonna have to get the blessing to use that logo. Oh, all right. On our or, website, or I mean our our account. What are you talking about? No, I just want to put that logo on a sweatshirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I mean, would be great. Yeah, whatever. We'll talk off pod about this. Um, but I just, I just. I don't know. I I just I'm all in on winning the Big Twelve now. I no, I'm starting to truly believe that this could be our year. And I'm getting triggered by everyone saying it's Iowa State. Do folks not remember we went into Hilton and beat their crying asses? Whatever. I'm going to move on from rest of the Big Twelve. So it's K State Baylor on Saturday. Massive game, biggest game in the Big Twelve. So what are your keys for that game? I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched Baylor for one second. I feel like they are... They're athletic. They play a zone, and they don't have their best player. So but ever typical since, Baylor. They're going to be since, long. But ever since they lost their best player, they've won every game. So, Well, I'm guessing they're super long, super athletic. They're going to play zone. Um, so we know what we're going to have to do. We're just going to have to hit shots, and we're going to have to... Find the gaps in the zone, and we ripped Baylor's zone in Waco last year. So the so. best we've played against zone is against Baylor in Waco. So hopefully we can get a repeat of that performance. Yeah, my my only key for that game do is you, do you have any fear of hangover? Uh, no, I I am going to put put my faith in this team and in Bruce and and in Barry, and basically say the key is to remember who you are and remember what you're playing for. I think we're very fortunate to have the next game be against this next top team basically like we have no choice to but to basically play with our hair on fire like yeah. if we were going to like West Virginia next week I'd be sh- I'd be shitting my pants but I don't know I think we I think it's going to be another battle I mean I I don't know I I'm I'm just choosing to go all in um I just want them to remember who they are and remember who and I just want them to remember who Baylor is. Baylor is uh, bottom of the totem pole. The only reason they're in the Big 12 is because of Texas politics. They're a disgusting institution of higher learning. They're a despicable Power 5 athletic department. Um, just remember who you are and what you're playing for. Um, yeah, Baylor are evil bastards. Yeah, I hate them. Um, so what would winning this game mean? Just open-ended. What would winning this game mean? I mean, it would just be a very positive step towards getting a trophy. I mean, just, I think it would put let, us let's in Let's just a, paint a word picture. It will genuinely put us in the driver's seat. We will be sole possession after beating Baylor. It will be just us atop, which with seven games to go. Seven games to go with a minimum one-game lead and on a road, Baylor. And a road and, victory against the team that's yeah. right behind us. Yeah, and then – the the two teams behind us because then Iowa State would still be a half game behind us, um, assuming they beat TCU. Um, we're gonna end it predictions for the game. Put a score on it. Uh, I think we're gonna win the game. I think we're gonna win this. I think we're gonna win. Um, I don't know what it's gonna look like. I actually think we're, it's gonna be. I don't know. I think we're gonna have to get to the seventies. Um, I have a feeling it's gonna be a little more open than than it has been but I'll, I'll say oh gosh 
This is tough. I'm going to go Cats 72, Baylor 64. I am going to say Cats 69 and Baylor 42. Another game where we hold the team to their low. I'm feeling it. All right, I'll take I'm that. I'm feeling it, Cole. I 42, hope you have the, the 69-42. Uh, Scott Nostradamus luck that you had earlier. I, I'm on board. 42 points. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going with. Um, so that's all we got. Um, hoping to get this up Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, uh, so the boneheads can start looking. Hopefully it will be on armchair as you're listening this Thursday morning. Um, we love you guys. Saddle up, saddle up. It's on. It is on. We are in the driver's seat to win the big 12. It's all in front of us. It really is. It's, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of games left and it's going to be real tough, but yeah, but this is what's great about being a freaking sports fan, man. It's, it's games like last night. (laughs) Shut up, Cole. There is, there won't be heartbreak. We're winning the big 12. Gonna go on a run in March. This is what this this is what being a sports fan is all about. This is you don't get this high from your hobby being cars. You don't get it <laughs> being a political activist. You don't get these moments doing anything except for being a sports fan. Last night was amazing. The Cardi dunk was amazing, and now you're sitting in a situation to win the conference title in the deepest conference in the Big Twelve. Everything is in front of you. Everything. Yeah, I mean. Deepest conference in the world. I think I might have said deepest. You said in the Big 12. The Big 12 is the deepest conference in Power 5 basketball. And it's all right there for you to grab and take it. Come on, guys. It's on. I mean, it really is. It's on. And if you're listening and you have an opportunity to get into Bramlage for the rest of the year, you need to get there because we can't – we got to protect our core. We have a promo code to get you guys 5% off. There is no excuse – no excuse. None. This is it. It's ours. Let's go. I love it's you guys. On. Let's do it. Meet me at the Cathead.
Podcast Network.